0: Welcome to Senior Smarts here on Classic Hits K-Wayne 106. Action Jack Cobble along with you. Joining me is show co-host Debbie Bradley, and our continuing series is coming up in a moment as well. Senior Smarts is brought to you by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. A lot of more really good information coming up, Debbie. I'm looking forward to this week's show.
1: Absolutely. Let's get healthy. Dr. Eric Trias is here to help with show number six of the five pillars. Dr. Eric is reputable and everything he says is backed up by research. He's newly retired. He's a former clinic physician manager and also a former professor of family practice. 39 years as a practicing physician. He's here free of charge because he wants to help as many people as possible. The five pillars are these. Nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress management, and relationships. They are the foundations to actually being healthy. They're cheap, they're effective, but the hard part is you have to do the work. These shows can be listened to again and again through the K-Wing Senior Smarts podcast. So with that, today we're going to be talking about carbs. So welcome back again, Dr. Eric, and talk to us about that hard issue of carbs. Let's break it open and let's get some understanding of what is this whole thing about?
2: Thank you, Debbie. I sure appreciate that. Yes, if I have made any friends in the audience, I think I might be losing him on this topic because everybody is used to carbs. I remember as a kid growing up in a bowl of cereal in front of me, Captain Crunch or whatever it was, watching mm. cartoons, and that just was the nature. And it was uh, furthered by... The food pyramid that came out before that, but then a revised one in 1994 that said 70% of your calories should come from grains.
1: Really? 70?
2: And within 10 years, we doubled our rate of diabetes type 2.
1: Unbelievable. I want you to repeat that. That is phenomenal.
2: What, the part, don't do carbs? or
1: The part of, they said that 70% of our diet should come from carbs. Yes. And then... From
2: grains, yes. From
1: grains. And then after what period of time?
2: Only 10 years later, there was a doubling of our diabetes, too. So that is not Uh, a genetic thing. Everybody thought, well, there's genetics that causes all these things. Genetics doesn't... Only a few cases does genetic uh, relationship to a disease cause that disease. It is a contributor. In other words, if you do the right things, you can evade a genetic potential. Diabetes is a good example. Thyroid is a good example, so as well as many other examples out there. So if you do the right things, if you protect your microbiome and you do the things that we're going to be talking about, you have a much better chance of not getting that supposedly genetic disorder living longer, living healthier. And so last time we talked about the things that make a bad microbiome. And again, the microbiome is the constituents or is the, the slurry that is in your intestines that when you have a bad microbiome, you give chemicals that irritate your colon lining and then foreign invasion into the system and then from there you get an inflammatory reaction and inflammation is the basis for all disease ninety percent of all diseases is related to what we do not just bad luck or genetics per se so when we talk about carbohydrates i want to be clear about that carbohydrates are in a lot of things we talk about vegetables are not vegetables carbohydrates yes they are green vegetables are carbohydrates as well as other things but it's how the body interacts with them green vegetables are what we call hydrolyzed and so they absorb very slowly as opposed to like a white potato that is almost immediately absorbed into our system and why that makes a difference it's all about insulin production you've all heard about insulin and related to diabetes and how important insulin is well insulin is great in the right proportion, and it's a very slim margin. The body does an amazing job of uh, giving you a little bit, not too much of insulin. And so for us that that don't have diabetes, we have a very fine margin of of blood sugar in our system in the, the upper 90s, so to speak. Anything over 100 starts to sway the body in a bad direction. Insulin and in the pancreas function is very important in creating that right balance of insulin. The problem is, is when you take in carbohydrates, over time, and particularly if you have a genetic disposition, but people get diabetes without a genetic disposition because the, the onslaught of too much carbohydrate or sugar, let's say glucose, is in your bloodstream causing problems. And over time, what happens is that actually, the glucose actually is an irritant to our arterial walls, not just in the gut, it's in our heart, it's in our brain when it goes through and it causes irritation, Well, the body's reaction to irritation is inflammation and when you have inflammation occurring, you have a whole cascade of immunologic phenomena that causes uh, antibodies as well as other chemicals that break down the tissue and cause disease. So, carbohydrates. What are carbohydrates? I mean, the obvious ones are the sugar that you add to your to your cakes and to your donuts and things like that. And again, it's not the fat that goes in there. It's the sugar that goes in there that makes it bad. The, the vegetables and such. It depends upon which it is. And And one of the best ways I think that we can determine what foods we should eat or not is something called the glycemic index. and I know that's a kind of a bumble jumble word but glycemic, glycemic means uh, glucose and glycemic index is a measure of what happens to each food as you eat it. So if you were to take just pure glucose, you ingest it and measure how fast it gets in your bloodstream, that is the index, how fast it gets in. So we use glucose as the 100. So do not do anything that's in the high numbers here that causes immediate release of your insulin to a, to an uh, extended amount and prolonged amount that causes the problem.
1: Dr. Eric, you're talking about these numbers, and I'm thinking as a layperson, I would have no idea when I'm at 90 or above or whatever. Sure. So that part for me is really
0: confusing. Well, for me, Debbie, I've got to toss it in. Uh, Dr. Eric can comment on this too. I, we have a daughter I uh, diagnosed as a type one diabetic about five and a half years ago. I was amazed, you know, it was an eye-opening experience obviously for our entire family, and then of course to find out, well, all right, type one diabetic as opposed to type two diabetic. So Dr. Eric, if you could explain, there are probably a lot of people who really don't know the difference. Even some type twoers don't know, as you can tell I'm kind of diabetic, uh, red right here the type 1ers, type 2ers. So what's your basic difference between a type 1 and a type 2 diabetic?
2: Well, it is a good question, and there is some fuzzy lines. However, basically, it's the same issue. It's not enough insulin Mm -hmm. supplied to your system to manage the amount of blood sugar coming uh, as a result of the carbohydrates. Type 1 Mm -hmm. is felt to be more what's called an autoimmune phenomenon where we have antibodies that are created against these cells called... That create the insulin. However, autoimmunity is another one of those things that is on the exponential rise ever since our industrialized food system, our processed food, is causing too much irritation, inflammation, and in our body's antibody response to that. So one result of that antibody response is towards these cells that make insulin. So that's type one. Type two is a slight different one where If you have an onslaught of too much sugar over too long of a period, this insulin that is produced, it's like it's working overtime. It's taking your sugar and it's trying to find a place for it. Insulin's main job, primary number one job, is making fat. It takes the blood sugar that you've just ingested, puts it into fat cells for storage, for later use, so to speak. Great idea, worked really well until last scores of years because when we if you believe in evolution which i do people had to have reserve they didn't have food all the time like we have three meals a day sometimes they go days or weeks without it well what how do they survive they have two. We have two systems of energy production. One is the glucose pathway, and one is the fat pathway. When you break down fats, you release free fatty acids, which the body can use as an energy source. And quite frankly, it's more efficient, and it's a better way to go for our health to be utilizing free fatty acids, not glucose, for our energy source. But that's not our society. Our society is loaded with glucose because every meal has a bunch of Carbohydrates in it that says that is the standard American diet so it's 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 this insulin that's our enemy insulin in the right dose is great it does what it's supposed to do however when you have too much blood sugar and it's working too hard your cells your fat cells get a little bit desensitized. Just like when you sit on a chair, you feel the chair right away, but after a little while, you don't feel the chair anymore because those nerves become desensitized. Those fat cells become desensitized so that the insulin has to work hard. You have to have higher concentrations and longer to create that fat storage. And over time, that desensitizing causes diabetes type two. Did that describe it, Jack? Yeah. <sighs> yeah <okay.
0: laughs> no, I, yeah, there is, you know, the main thing That's is- That's a mouthful. Yeah, the, the, the common denominator of course would be insulin so and then
1: now is it true dr yeah. eric i've heard this described before that carbs so pasta bread potatoes are the main ones i can think of they turn into sugar
2: yes they they get turned into sugar your body breaks it down there are enzymes that break it up and it's basically glucose in your system or fructose if in the form of uh, fruits or worse yet high fructose corn syrup, which is about 75% fructose. And fructose is a bad actor. But getting back to carbs and insulin, insulin does more than just work on those cells. It is a hormone dysregulator. In other words, if you have too much insulin, it's like taking a I know I've used this analogy I think in the past on these shows. It's like a switch watch and you take the back off and you have all these gears, different size gears. If you go in there with a pencil and start spinning that, it's going to throw everything off. That's what insulin is like. Insulin causes a change in how our cortisone our cortisol is, made, our thyroid hormone, and a myriad of other hormones that we have yet to discover. Ghrelin, which uh, operates on our our hunger sensors to see if we're hungry or not. It affects all these different things in a perverse way, all of which lead to different sorts of disorders. So insulin is, we need to manage insulin much better. The best way is a low-carbohydrate diet, and studies after studies now are starting to show that. So If back to your point, Debbie, take home message, just you got to stop all breads. And if you can't stop breads, there's two that I can recommend. One is the sourdough bread because sourdough actually works like a prebiotic, which is a good thing for your microbiome. It helps the good bacteria grow better. There's different foods like sweet potatoes. Instead of potatoes, go to sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes helps your microbiome. Uh, Other things that that are good for it is chicory root, uh how that's not common to us, but onions, leeks, asparagus, those are those are very good food to feed the good bacteria. Another one is probiotics, which you pretty much buy in a store. Or in that same realm is your fermented things like sauerkraut, pickles, uh
0: so I, I love sauerkraut, by the way. so yes. Yeah. And I'm glad
1: that you're mentioning
0: Reuben sandwich, or real foods. Because nah, yeah. when you mention like
1: chicory root and stuff like that, that's where I get hung up sometimes is you hear these talks about health and then they go off saying, oh, you should eat all these foods. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I've never heard of these. I've never seen them. I don't even do the grocery shopping. My husband does. But it's like, how do you even cook or eat those foods? So I'm glad you're saying foods that people... Have heard of, and everybody can say, oh, I at least like one or two of those things. So you can concentrate on. I want to get back to the the bread thing. When we we're talking about breads, um, I've always heard, okay, if you pull back on your carbs, um, but at least if you do like five grain or whole grain, are those good breads to eat?
2: Not usually because they're so processed, and that that's kind of a misnomer. Like whole wheat bread. If if I were to ask a question to you guys, what is the what is the highest glycemic index? In other words, the What of these four substances is the quickest that gets into your bloodstream and causes this insulin spike? Is it whole wheat bread? Is it one tablespoon of table sugar? Is it one Snickers bar or one banana? And the answer is, it's whole wheat bread. Really? It is the fastest of all of those. And again, the glycemic index, if you look it up online, unfortunately, maybe we can get it up on our site here, but the glycemic index is just a measure of all the foods. And there's a the whole is that a fruit it's a veggie don't even think in those terms anymore look at the glycemic index it's amazing how much of this available sugar is in a grape versus when we talked about bread if you go to something called ezekiel bread which is a sprout type of bread got a refrigerator because it'll actually grow sprouts on your on your shelf but that is a low glycemic index. So if you're going to have something, go to those foods. Like sourdough bread, it's a better one than the usual breads. So there are ways around us, and it's, we got to eat. So we might as well eat the right things. And you mentioned, well, what are the prebiotics that, that we should think about? The easy things to remember is garlic, leeks, artichokes, asparagus, onions. Those are the common sweet potatoes. Those are the ones that just really make a habit of having that often. Uh, so getting back to carbohydrates, though, carbohydrates are... It's its amazing what happens. The bad bacteria in our gut actually sense when they don't have enough carbohydrates. And so they send out small little messengers that absorb through this leaky gut that we have, go into your blood bloodstream and through what's called the blood-brain barrier into the brain and induce a part of the brain that says, feed me. S- I, sounds... Orwellian or, or fantastic, but the bacteria are speaking to your brain to say, eat more carbs because I need more so that they can replicate and do their thing. It's amazing. And in fact, those, those same chemicals, when you take a carbohydrate in and it goes through and gets absorbed and sugar goes into your brain, those carbohydrates attach onto the receptors in your brain in the same spot that morphine does. Wow. And we all know how addictive heroin and yep. cocaine and morphine is. It is the same spot. So, when we, there's a lab experiment done with mice that were purposefully addicted to cocaine, but they had droppers of both cocaine coming out and of sugar coming out. Eight to one, these mice went to the sugar outlet. Rather than the cocaine, even though they were addicted to cocaine.
1: Unbelievable. So when people look at their plate of food, you have to look at your carbs like it's sugar. Yes. Because that's what it's going to turn into. Yes. And that's a whole mind messing with your mind.
2: (laughs) It's a different way to eat. You know, my wife spiralizes zucchini instead of getting noodles. And, you know, you get used to that and that's fine. I eat it just fine. So it's, it's a different way to eat. You got to eat anyway. You might as well eat right.
1: So you guys, I told you at the introduction of all of these shows, and this is where the, the rubber meets the road here is I, I told you but you're going to have to do the work. And this is the work. So we either say, okay, I just want to live and be happy. And I'm just going to eat stuff that I know now is bad. Or I have to make the effort and say, I have to go find out what a glycemic index is and look at it and transfer it onto my pen and, you know, with my pen and paper or make a copy of it on the copy machine or whatever and start to say, if I want to be healthier, this is how I have to start to do that. Or you can try to get a bunch of chemicals or pills or whatever and see if, if that's going to help you. But if you want to get away from the pills and if you can look at your food as, like Dr. Eric says, the food is the medicine, choose the right ones, then then this is the hard part. This is the, the work that you and I together have to do. Because I know what he's talking about when he talks about how your brain is telling you, okay, I need the carbs. Because there's a certain time in the afternoon where I'm my brain is saying, I need those particular chips, you know, the ones that leave the orange on your fingers. (laughs) Um, They call to me. It's like I can hear them talking when I'm walking through Walmart. Yeah, and they're saying, get the great big bag. And I'm saying, I'm all in. This is wonderful. But I try to ignore that. So... It's work. If we want to be healthy for ourselves, for our families, for our children, and to raise our children, right, too, it's, you know, what are we used to? The people that were pioneers, that were the farmers that lived out on the land, they had to can things, you know, they pickled things, they they store them, they didn't have the chemicals that we do now, or just to go down to the grocery store and get the the food that's processed. Just because it's there and available doesn't mean it's the healthy food to eat.
0: Well, oh, Debbie, we're down to about 90 seconds. Okay. 90 seconds.
1: I, I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm the mom, you know, I've got three kids of my own, and I'm, I'm playing mom with you guys is you have to make a decision. Do you want to eat healthier or not? And there are always consequences with our actions. So with that, I'm going to thank Dr. Eric for being here today. Any fleeting words as we wrap this show up about carbs?
2: Carbs, don't you do as little of those as you can to feed your microbiome in a good way, make a healthy microbiome and a healthy life.
1: Sourdough bread and sweet potatoes, those are the ones to run to. And with that, St. Crispin Living Community is changing, aging, and eating in right. Red Wing.
0: Thank you, Debbie and Dr. Eric. Great show. Back with more next week. Senior Smarts here on Classic Hits K Wayne 106 has been brought to you by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. We'll see you next week for another edition of Senior Smarts.